Today we're talking more about rehabilitation or retraining your body after an injury and we're going to be going deep into the concept of retraining the stabilizers, something that a lot of people do not understand and if you get this right, you're going to bounce back with some serious strength. What's up guys, uh, Yanni here and Rad's across the table, Richie's behind the mixer, we are Unity Gym, where we turn driven people into athletes, if you want to know some of the key elements of our program, our training systems, our methodology, download our free blueprints, they're available in the description if you're watching on the podcast or the replay on YouTube, uh, or you can uh, jump on our website, how are you Rad? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, a little bit tired today. I didn't get a great sleep last night, but those are the joys of um, being a father. So <laughs> I've had a couple of those weeks lately. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of those weeks. Uh, we're diving deep into rehab this week. Call it regression training at Unity Gym because uh, as we spoke about on Monday, we're very big on avoiding a, um, an injury identity. Monday and Tuesday, we covered the psychology around uh, rehab training. And uh, yesterday, we talked about the concept of regression, not rehab. Today, we're talking about, we're, we're, I guess today is really where the concept of um, uh, rehabilitation, uh, the rubber meets the road, metaphorically speaking. Mm -hmm. Because this is the part where we start to really talk about how the, how the program should be formulated, how the, the training should really go. And of course, there is uh, uh, differences in a program uh, training. There's obvious differences in the exercise selection for a, a program that's going to rehab the hip uh, um, when compared to the shoulder or the wrist. But there is one um, fairly common uh, um, uh, theme with rehab, particularly when you're talking about a big joint like a shoulder, a hip or a knee, which is that you must train the stability systems. Often what happens when you um, experience an acute injury, uh, which is a, a, you know, a, a sudden traumatic injury, um, the, the body sort of locks itself down to prevent movement initially, to help the inflammation get, uh, get its job done, to get that healing process going. And often what can happen if you are um, sort of incapacitated for a period of time, your body can forget how to stabilize itself. You know, there's certain systems in the body that are working on preventing joint glide, which is, you know, you've got the joint um, rotation that occurs, but there's also glide, which is the slippage of the bone uh, on, on the other bone surface. It happens in most of the joints uh, to a degree. And for the big joints like the hip and the shoulder, which we'll really focus on today, uh, you have a system inside that joint that is there to really... Um, help prevent that glide from occurring. The most obvious is the shoulder, and we, we speak about the shoulder rotator cuff, which is a series of muscles that create a force coupling around that joint that give it that stability. Um, and um, then you've also got the same system occurring in the hip, and, uh, and that the deep glute muscles are basically like the rotator cuff. And so what we want to really dive into today is how these systems often, I guess the, the easiest way to put it is forget how to do their job. 
and we dive back into training and we want to sort of, uh, uh, you know, fix, fix the big obvious muscles, the global muscles, um, but we don't train these muscles uh, in the correct way. You know, the, a great example is external rotations for the shoulder rotator cuff. They're a great exercise and a great movement to strengthen the external rotators. And then we have internal rotators for the rotator cuff as well. And often you'll go to a, um, a physical therapist or a personal trainer and they'll get you doing lots of external rotation with cables and dumbbells and all sorts of different apparatus and internal rotation. You might be using TheraBands or, or resistance bands. Um, and they're great movements and we certainly use them too, but what's not um, being done there is the rotator cuff is an anti-stabilization system. It, it's a, it's a, a stabilization system. So you need to train it like that as well, you know. Uh, you've had an experience with this recently with your shoulder. Why don't you share that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Yeah, it was a... It was an interesting concept for me to, when I was uh, talking to a, a good uh, friend of ours who's an amazing physiotherapist, Leroy, and the only reason I, I wasn't really working with Phil on this one is because Phil was still uh, finishing his practical placement for his physiotherapy when I was uh, in the very early stages of uh, rehab for my shoulder. Meaning that he was working in a hospital, not here at the gym. Yeah, and, and I just couldn't get access to him. He was doing ridiculous hours. So I was working with another friend um, who was one of Phil's mentors, um, Leroy. And yeah, he taught me this concept that uh, exactly what Yanni just described, where you know, basically when you have a traumatic injury like what I had in my shoulder, a slap tear and a torn rotator cuff or torn supraspinatus, if you want to get specific, the what happens is that the shoulder goes into panic mode and it locks itself down. And so everything kind of freezes up. The nervous system, um, you know, creates tension in there to prevent you from doing any um, dangerous movement. And also because of the inflammation and everything, you, you nerves start getting pinched from, you know, movements that normally they wouldn't. Um, and that process, because the shoulder gets locked up for a period of time uh, and it doesn't move the way that it's meant to, the stabilizer muscles that normally really do their job just naturally, they forget, this, this is his own words, they, so this isn't the, the scientific term for it, but they forget how to do their job. They forget how to stabilize the shoulder and especially how the scapula stabilizers and the rotator cuff. So the scapula stabilizers are the ones that are helping keep the scapula in the right position as your shoulder moves around and the rotator cuff are the ones that keep the, the humerus in the uh, glenohumeral joint, the head of the humerus um, in there and stop gliding like what Yanni said. And um, yeah, it was quite amazing how much, how quickly the pain started to subside and I was able to start moving my arm above my head from working just these stabilizer muscles, just the rotator cuff and the scapula stabilizers. It was, it was, it was very, very effective. But, you know, I've had a, a knee injury as well, a meniscus tear, and the, and the same thing was there. The same thing went on. It was like, okay, you've, you've done a knee injury. We're going to work on the knee stabilizers. We're going to work on the hamstring the, and the VMO and the calf. And, um, you know, in, in, in limited range of motion, you know, to keep that knee tracking properly. And, and, and it's, it's the same for the hip you know, um, uh, uh, same for the ankles, you know, it's, it's whatever the injury is, those stabilizers need to be reminded of what they're doing and, and, and retrained. Yeah, that's right. And there are, um, 
some really, really good ways of doing it that, that are quite simple and quite easy. You don't need heaps of expensive equipment, you know. Um, you, 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 I was quite surprised at how basic and, and obvious some of the exercises are. And, um, and, you know, it's sort of just a matter of sucking up a bit of humble pie and going, okay, like I, I'm not just gonna bang out reps on a bench press now and follow it up with a little bit of external rotation or internal rotation. I'll, I'll do these um, stabilization exercises, um, but the difference is quite phenomenal when you do it properly, you know? Like if you start with the, with the end in mind and you, you work the, you strengthen the, um, you know, the, the neural pathways again and, and just reactivate this. It's kind of like all of this, the, 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 the stabilizers and the, and the global muscles all work, they all operate together. I, I know we're separating, we're, we're, taught, we're, we're speaking, we're trying to simplify this and, and we're speaking like they're all separate, they're separate systems. And Phil would be um, rolling over in his bloody, um, um, bed right now or whatever uh if he was listening to this because he hates us separating everything it's all it, all it all works together and of course it does but for for simplicity's sake so you guys understand this it's important that we sort of define the systems and how they operate and what they do so that you understand that okay this exercise is retraining the stabilizers this exercise is retraining the scapular retractors you know uh and then something like a press or a, uh, a row or a pull-up or an overhead press uh, is bringing it all together. And when we talk about, like yesterday, we spoke about regressing back to a level that suits the weakest link or the compromised tissue, that's often what needs to happen. You need to regress back from doing your bench press to retraining those stabilizers and then work back up to the bench press, progress back up to the bench press, you know. And it sometimes is difficult but it's far better than doing nothing at all and then coming back like you know the the classic example of someone's rehab is hurt your shoulder bench pressing stop bench pressing for three weeks then go back and try and bench press again and hope that it doesn't hurt anymore you know um, and how many people have gone through that cycle a number of times where all right well I was I hurt myself bench pressing 120 kilos so I'll go back and just try 80 and just see how we go and then that tends to work we've seen this a number of times in the gym it tends to work you you go for a while uh, training okay with only a little niggle it's no longer really painful but you can still certainly feel something going on in there um, and that feeling is the glide the joints gliding around while you're bench pressing and it's hitting other uh, structures that don't like being rubbed on and don't like being compromised and um, and that can go on for a while and but then you hurt yourself again eventually it, it becomes uh, an, another injury and we have people come back you know saying oh, I've had this problem with my shoulder for years and I just can't seem to you know I, it comes good for a while then it comes back then it comes good for a while then it comes back and I'm like yeah at what point did you regress back and retrain those stabilizers and really focus on the the compromised um, tissues the compromised muscles in there oh never yep. you know and this is the this is the biggest problem with the oh, i'm injured i'm just going to rest approach yeah it's not it's not the it's right not approach at all the, un the only thing it's going to do is potentially allow the inflammation to go down 
and then when you start training again you feel better because there's there's no inflammation there it's not causing or, or um, the tear has healed yeah has or closed the, or up, the tear and has healed. Closed up but you've now got this compromised joint where the st stabilizers are, have forgotten their job you're getting this glide in the joint not only and, that you will have lost strength in yep. the global muscles now because you've done nothing at all <coughs> you know two to three weeks is enough time to lose substantial amount of strength in your chest your, you know your pushing muscles your rowing muscles yep. um so you've 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 increased the vulnerability yep. by having that rest and know? the um you know whereas it, when you look at this other approach that we're talking about here which is just so much smarter it's okay i've got this injury i can't do my 100 kilo bench press because my shoulder is is now injured so i'm going to for the next several weeks focus on training the stabilizers until the inflammation's gone, the tear's healed enough that I can get back into doing some light bench press, and then I'm gonna grab, which is what we call regression rather than rehab, and then you eventually build yourself up, but you're doing it in a way where you're retraining the body to do its job the right way so that the conditions that were there that caused the injury are not there anymore. And that's how you can bounce back from an injury like this stronger than ever before. Yeah, And it's, um, yeah, it's a God. It's a it's it, it's a it's an amazingly different way of thinking and of a, and of approaching, um, you know, the way that you do an injury that is very foreign to most people. Most yeah. people have this idea of I'm injured, I've got to rest, and then I'll rest for a few weeks, and then I'll be okay, yeah. and I can just get back into it. And that's a really uneducated way of doing things, which is not anyone's fault, of course. You know, it's taken us years of being professionals in this industry to understand this concept. So it's not your fault if you don't know that, but we're here to tell you there's a much better way to do it. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I think maybe the, the 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 key insight that I'd like you all to take home from today's discussion is that there's kind of like three ways that the joint um, likes to be uh, strengthened or exercised. There is the obvious um, global muscles, the global move, the big movements, the um, pushing, pulling patterns. Uh, hip bends, uh, squatting patterns, all that sort of fun stuff that we like to do that really develops the, the big bang for your buck strength uh, and power. And then there's the stability mechanisms in there where in a perfectly functioning body, it's working intrinsically with those big global movement patterns where the, the bones are being held in the joint without much glide. They're not banging around in, and, and rubbing and, and pinching over surfaces that aren't meant to tolerate a, a bonehead rubbing on. Uh, and then there is the specific strength of those muscles you know there's the job that they need to do but then there's the specific strength an example is internal and external rotation of the shoulder um, and they've all got a place you know in most cases as i said in a perfectly functioning body you don't need to worry about training the stabilizers they're going to do it they're going to get trained sufficiently when you do your bench press but once you've become compromised there's a need to level that up, to, to, to strengthen the neural pathways, to retrain the body if the injury is bad enough, uh, or if you've, uh, I, I'll say it, there's two reasons why you need to retrain the stabilizers. A, if the injury or trauma, the acute injury is is that severe that the brain, the brain has sort of caused that area to lock down. Or two, if you've taken time off, if you've made the mistake that we've spoken about this week of, of taking some bad advice, whether that's from yourself, Dr. Google, or a so-called professional, I um, did my inverted sort of quotes if you're listening on the podcast, 
because some professionals will suggest that you take time off, exercise completely, which we still t we face palm when that happens because of this reason. You take a few weeks off and you come back in and you're going to have to sort of reactivate those stabilizers and things like that, especially if you've taken time off because your body has experienced an acute injury. So there are those three different reasons why you should be training these systems and, and when to train those systems. And once you have an understanding of that, you can start to really put together your own rehab strategies once you have a diagnosis. You, you know, if it's bad enough and it warrants um, uh, you, you know, um, uh, restricting movement like a bone fracture or something like that, then yeah, there's certainly going to be a big need to come back in at the right point, retraining those stabilizers before you focus on the big movement patterns. If you take a lot, enough time off for whatever reason, it could be an interruption to your routine or whatever else, then there's certainly going to be a reason to come back in and take it slow and start with some drills that retrain or reactivate or re-stimulate the stabilizers. Um, or if I guess there's an, another good reason is if you've, if you've got really compromised posture, uh, or you're coming in to exercise for the very first time and you haven't, you know, you've been very sedentary. Classic example would be someone who's, you know, in IT, who sits at a desk for a long period of time, their shoulders have transformed uh, to accommodate their, their computer, uh, their hips have transformed to accommodate their chair. And then they go to a gym and their trainer says, okay, we're going to do some barbell back squats and some overhead press, you know, and their body is just in a, in a state where it's, it's adapted to their job, what they're exposing it to all the time. And it's certainly not uh, prepared well for overhead pressing and squatting. And in that circumstance, because of the angle of the joints, because of the way that your posture is adapted, there's going to be massive um, uh, chance for your joints to glide around and damage things inside there. Uh, it may not even need to damage something. It may just immediately impinge on something, you know. And if you're doing that, then you're going to need to retrain those stabilizers as your um, posture corrects, as you stretch, as you strengthen. You're going to also need to um, make sure that the, the joints are working properly. Yeah, for sure. Um, and look, it's something that you, I, I honestly believe like when you're, when you're in that stage of, of rehab or what we referred to as regression yesterday, there's constant refinement. I know that when I was doing this with my shoulder and knee, which are my most recent injuries where I really had to regress what I was doing, every single week, I was assessing myself and figuring out what I can do. And these exercises, when, you, when you're training the, stabilize, the stabilizers, the stabilization muscles, you can often do it um, every day or four, five, six days a week because you're not training even close to the point of failure or to the point where it causes enough neurological fatigue or even more importantly, for, um, damage to the muscle fibers that you need that 48 to 72 hour rest period that you do for a normal training session. What you're doing when you're training these stabilization systems is you're retraining the neuromuscular connection so that when the brain says do this, the body actually does what, it, what it's meant to do. And for that reason, when I was doing my shoulder rehab um, training, I was doing it five days a week. Yeah. Um, and because it wasn't a fatiguing way of training it was just retraining my brain retraining my neuromuscular connection which is the connection between the brain and the muscles through the nervous system to be able to switch those muscles on and activate them to do the right job yeah so um 
Yeah, I think it's a really good point that you said there where you, you know, it, the, the rehabilitation and the, or, or the regression phase is very different for each individual and it's something that needs to be assessed weekly, you know, and monthly, you know. So we've, we've got these programs that we've written that are really, really effective, but they're a template. Yeah. There are, uh, you know, this is this is what you start with. Use these exercises, see how your body adapts, and, and and we see how that changes for you. And the amount of time that you use certain, you know, regression or rehab exercises, like to strengthen these stabilizer muscles, is it just depends on how long it takes for you to get that uh, change in your body and that result. You know, yeah, it can be very short. You yeah, know? You, it can only it can it can be done in a matter of weeks yep. sometimes. You yep. know. Uh, particularly if you're not coming back from a really serious injury, if it's yeah. just some time away or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I find the longest time that you should be in prehab training or strength uh, or conditioning, remedial training is when you're new to exercise or you've been away for an extensive period of time. Like the classic example is the rugby player or the, f the football player who grew up as a, a competitive um, athlete and then goes into a corporate um, environment for, for a decade, 10 years, and then puts on heaps of weight and comes back to the gym and says, oh, you know, I, the, the memory is of me being an athlete 10 years ago, but my body has now spent 10 years adapting to me sitting in a chair and you need to come back and retrain those systems, you know, because yes, you used to be explosive, you used to be agile, you used to be powerful and strong, uh, but you're not anymore. You, you just, it's just in the memories there, you know, and, yep. uh, and we get that a lot with people with co corporate high rollers who have, you know, invested a decade of time in their career and, ne and, and, and neglected their body for a decade, you know. Yep. Um, and that's a really great example of someone who needs to spend probably a matter of months, not weeks, retraining those systems, yep. you know. Yep. Uh, but then for everyone else, maybe if you've just injured yourself or you've got a bit of an issue that's just not going <coughs> away, you know, there's a great example we have with people who are high performers but just have this this restriction holding them back, you know, uh, from going heavier on a on a pressing movement like an overhead press or a or a bench press or a behind the head press, uh, or even a squat, you know, with a little bit of knee pain. Like Richard had a, a a great example of this. I think it was this year or last year where he just developed recurring knee pain, and he didn't really know what it was from. Um, some sort of an overuse. Uh, I don't think it was an acute injury. I can't remember, but yeah, he had to regress his training right back and and uh, and really focus on that for a while and and overcome that, you know. And it, it it didn't destroy him. He kept training every day, but he wasn't squatting 140 kilos like he could, you know. He mm -hmm. was working on rebuilding the stabilizers, glutes. Um, I saw him work up to 250 kilo uh, hip thrust. Was it? 200 kilo hip thrust, you know, um, like really focused on building gluten, hip stability strength, you know, mm -hmm. very impressive and lots of calf um, um, and ankle stability mm -hmm. to really bulletproof that knee. And um, to my knowledge, the knee pain's gone. Yeah, yeah totally. Yep. So look, from it happens to everyone from time to time. You know, you have to regress and just and dial in something that's giving you some trouble. You know, it's not the end of the world. It 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 um it happens to Rad and myself all the time, and uh, at that point, you just need to have a, a a better understanding of how the systems in your body are working. It it becomes necessary to sort of break it down and say, okay, what's what's the issue here? What's failing me? Uh, is it my bench press technique, uh, or is it that my shoulder is not 
um, doing its job correctly and I'm getting this acute impingement pain when I press heavy or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we've got a, uh, a, a good question from Lee Clements here saying, should the stabilizers be prepared in warm-up exercises? Absolutely. Yeah, and they are. And they are. Yeah. If you do that's the what, UMS warm-up, that is warm -up what is all the about. entire thing is about. Yeah. It, 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 it prepares the stabilizers. Yeah, exactly that's exactly right. B was saying here, it's so true. I've seen it many times, especially with bench. Bench press is the perfect example because, you know, no one wants to cut bench press out of their workout routine, but they the shoulder is such a dynamic, versatile joint that if, it, if the body's not functioning really well, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for something to go wrong with a heavy bench press. And uh, unfortunately, people just don't don't get that they need to really train the scapula uh, retractors and, and the scapula stabilizers, but also the rotator cuff. Because if you've got any joint glide, if your rotator cuff isn't strong enough to really stabilize and lock that joint down and your scapula stabilizers and retractors aren't strong enough to really draw your shoulder blades back and down and hold them in that position, uh, yeah, you're, you're gonna be seriously vulnerable when you bench press heavy, you know? And I know this from experience because I've developed uh, a very heavy, very strong bench press at the expense of both of my shoulders at one stage a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was really frustrating. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, guys, that's it for today. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about rehab integration. This is going to be a really, really, really important wrap up of this whole week. So we're going to be talking about how to fit rehab into your program to continue progressing. So it's about if you've got a shoulder injury, you're not in rehab for your whole body. You just need to change your upper body workouts. Yeah. Um, but your lower body and the, all the rest of your body needs to be trained the same way. Yeah. So it's, And it's we're going to do this in a unique um, way because the best way we can do this, because Brad and I, um, we like to beat our own, yank our own chain. Our rehab programs, I think, are the best that I've ever seen. We have a lot of physiotherapists are using them to rehab their clients. Um, and... Uh, to this date, I haven't seen anything better. So what we're going to do is just show you how we do it in our programs, how we would uh, fit a shoulder rehab um, in, a knee rehab, a hip rehab, and we'll, we'll show you how it all comes together. Because the, the, the worst thing you can do when you um, uh, experience an issue or an injury uh, is to rehab your entire body. You know, because you don't want to lose strength in other areas of the body. You don't want to sacrifice strength in other areas of the body just because you've got one little issue, you know. Absolutely. And it's a mistake that so many people make. Um, so, yeah. yeah, look, guys, looking forward to um, bringing this one in for a landing tomorrow. We're going to lift the curtains and show you how our rehab programs work uh, to give you guys some ideas of how to do this and um and how to, yeah, how to overcome issues without destroying your, your gains. Stay yeah, on the gains it. train, tribe. We'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Have a good day. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.